You're listening to the Elevate Main podcast. To learn more about Elevate, visit our website at www.elevate.org.ph. We hope you enjoy today's talk. Blessed afternoon everyone here in Elevate. Kamusta po kayo? It's a wonderful privilege to be with you guys. I know it's our last day of fasting week and some of you are planning already kung anong kakainin ninyo, kung anong uh, pangbe-break nyo ng fast. But even before we break the fast tonight, I just want to thank you for joining Elevate this afternoon. Alam ko na miss nyo ng matagal yung Elevate and I welcome you all para dito sa lesson natin for today. It's, it really kicks off the entire series that we have here in Elevate called Surrounded. And the tagline there is really we want to to learn the value of prayer even in times of crisis. And today, we have a crisis. Diba? What's the problem? Most of our Elevate volunteers, most of our Elevate staff, even our pastors in Elevate, they were stricken by COVID. Lahat sila may sakit. Kaya po ako yung napunta dito ngayon. Siguro itatakay, but si Kuya Paul na naman to. But, but that's the reason why. Because there's nobody else available. But you know, even in this crisis, meron tayong opportunity. We all have, uh, there, there's a silver lining in every cloud, di ba sabi nila? There's a silver lining. So how do we search that silver lining? How do we become able to face our problems, to face our challenges, and still come out victorious. I will be asking you a question. What will you do when you face a crisis? What, could, what can a crisis be? May sakit yung pamilya ninyo. You're sick. What could a crisis be? Bumagsak kayo. And you will not be able to move on to the next tier, to the next level. What's another crisis? Maybe you don't have money anymore. You don't have funds. You don't have something to buy so that you will have food on the table for the next meal. For some of you, you consider a crisis that your crush has another crush. Or that your girlfriend realizes, masyado pa tayong bata, wag muna tayong mag-jowa-jowaan. Diba? And you become so heartbroken. Ah, I put all my heart into this. Some of you are heartbroken because or you, you consider this a crisis. Your basketball, your favorite basketball team is losing. It, for those of you um, Golden State Warriors fans, you know, you remember that time when we didn't see Golden, the, the, the Warriors in the games? Kasi wala lahat ng star players nila. You know, that's a crisis for some of us. But really, if I am to define what a crisis is, there are three basic elements. What are the three basic elements of a crisis? Look at this. It has to be, one, a stressful situation. Okay? Now you're thinking, what's a, what's a crisis? It, I, have to be, I have to feel stressed. I cannot do anything about it. I'm pressured. I cannot handle it. That's a stressful situation. But on top of a stressful situation, you also have a difficulty in coping. Meaning, even if you think of the solutions, it's just, it feels like it's not going away. The problem is not going away. Even if I think of solution one, plan A, plan B, plan C, hanggang plan Z, it's not going to help. And I feel so helpless. And what makes it worse is the third reason, the timing of intervention. Meaning, you're expecting for help. You're expecting for an answer. You're expecting a breakthrough. But it 
is so delayed. When all these three come together in unity, <laughs> you face a crisis. And how will you face that crisis? You know, there are many sources of crisis in our lives. Some of it is caused by family situations. Some are caused by economic situations, like you don't have money anymore, or the economy is dwindling down. Some are caused by significant life events, breakup, divorce, death of a loved one. Those things really feel like a crisis. And then you have natural elements, bagyo, earthquake, sickness, virus, and all these things. You know, I want to show you this picture. Are you familiar with this picture? Do you know what this is? This is the International Space Station. What is that, International Space Station? It, it is where, you know, our astronauts come to work. It's their office, okay? Now, you, one, one director of the Presidential Personnel Office in the White House, his name is Jonathan McBride. He gave an illustration about facing crisis. He said, what if, this is the situation, what if you're in the International Space Station and then this happens? Suddenly, your oxygen goes out. You only have 10 seconds before you start to lose consciousness. What will you do? And so when he does that with the astronauts, all the astronauts, they will, they will give their ideas. I will do this. I will do that. I will compute. I will reach out for this. I will source this out. I will talk to my office mate. I will talk to the other astronaut and all these things. And he will stop all of them. He will say, no. You think for eight seconds and then you make one move. Sometimes when we plan for a crisis, we say, ganito gagawin natin. And you know, my wife and I, when we talk about earthquakes, uh, one time we were in bed, we were talking, sabi namin, what if there's a big earthquake and we are not together? So we planned, we will go to this certain place, we will visit that place, we will not look for each other, we will just go to that place. And, and that's the solution. If the person is not there, we will expect that the person is on the way there. You know, but that's just a plan. Because when we are in the real crisis, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can go to a place and say, I know my wife is going here. I will just wait. Because when we are in a crisis, we react. Diba? We respond to, the, to all the stimulus that we have. And our plans go to waste. We need to determine what we will be doing when we face a problem. You know, the, the realest, most Christian way to do, and I'm telling you this, is to pray. I'm trying to practice this because, you know, in the life of Paul De Vera, every day there's a crisis. No, sometimes it's just a problem. Sometimes it's just a challenge. But every day, you know, I feel like I need to solve something. And I'm trying to practice it this year. That before I try to think of solutions, I go to God first and I pray first. We want you guys to understand the importance of prayer in this series and how it plays a role in us facing the different crises that we have in life. Remember the question I had a while ago? Who among you answered, I will pray? 
When you face a crisis, what will you do? Who among you answered, I will pray? Did you see that in the comment box? Meron bang sumagot na ako magpe-pray ako? Ako luluhod ako, I will talk to God, I will pray, I will cry out to God. You know, our answers really show that we really need to learn something and something crucial. And that is the importance of prayer. We will learn from David today in the story that is presented to us in 1 Samuel 30. And before we dive into it, I'll give you the title. The title of our message is, Lord, give me strength. Say that with me again. Lord, give me strength. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we just seek your presence. We seek your blessing. We seek your wisdom, O God. We pray that this message will speak to our hearts and even to those of us who are, have just been uh, scrolling on Facebook or seeing this in YouTube. Lord, we pray that you anoint this message, that you speak through me, O God, and that you point us to what you really want us to learn today. We surrender everything to you and we welcome you into our midst. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Let us start with a story. The story goes, and I read, Then it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites, the Amalekites would be the main opponents at this point, okay, had carried out an attack on the Negev and on Ziklag and had overthrown Ziklag and burned it with fire. What is the importance of Negev and Ziklag? These are places where David's people are, okay? And David was busy doing something else. Look at what happened. And they took captive the women and all who were in it. They captured everyone from the small to the great without killing anyone. So it's like kidnapping galore. It's, it's, like, uh, it's like I kidnap everyone and drove them off and went their way. Look at what happened. Verse 3, when David and his men came to the city, behold, look, it was burned with fire and their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. What do you think will be the reaction? You think that the husbands will say, Hi, salamat. Hi, thank you, Lord. Wala na yung wife, wala na yung sons and daughters ko. Hindi. Of course, they will feel heartbroken. They will feel worried. Where is my wife? Where is my daughter? Where is my son? And that, that really shook them all. But you know, the impact, the impact is harder on David. At this point, there is a king, King Saul. But David was the enemy of the king. But while he was the enemy of the king, he was the anointed king. He will be the king after King Saul. So you see, the people don't, don't know also if David is somebody that I should hold on to. Is David someone I should trust or I should continue to be loyal to King Saul? That's the issue here. Okay? And look at what happened. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept. David, courageous. David who kills 10,000s. David who is a, the champion, killed Goliath. What happened to him? He and all the people raised their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. Have you experienced that? You were so grieving that you lost strength. 
You cannot stand anymore because you were so sad. Now, David's two wives had been taken captive. That's the problem. Okay? Kaya nga, it's better you just have one wife. Para if somebody takes the wife, you just have one problem. Look, David had two wives. <laughs> David, had they have taken Ahinoam the Jezreelites and Abigail the window, the, the window, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. So David lost two wives in this situation. And that was already so distressed. Uh, he was so distraught about it. Also, David was in, was in great distress because the people spoke of stoning him. You see, they, they can't blame anybody else. They just wanted to kill David for all the people were embittered. And they were so sad, they were so mad, they blamed it on David. Each one because of his sons and his daughters. But look what, what it says. But David felt strengthened in the Lord his God. That's the key. In the midst of distress, David found strength in the Lord. He felt strengthened in the Lord his God. That's the first thing I want you to remember. When you're distressed, pray, Lord, give me strength. When you're distressed and you're pressured with all these things coming right your way, you pray, Lord, give me strength. And that's what David really believed, right? He survived it because he knew God was strengthening him. You know, I love the, be the beauty of the word strengthened. In other verses, it is loved. Look at this verse, Psalm 91 verse 4. It says here, because he has loved, the Hebrew word is kazak, okay? Because he has loved me, pertaining to himself, pertaining to God, I will save him, I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. Psalm 91 is a beautiful, beautiful verse, okay? And here he says, Psalm 91 verse 14, pala to typo, sorry. Because he has loved me. The reason why the Lord will save him, why the Lord will set him securely on high, because he loved. He loved God. He was strengthened by God. You know the beauty of that word? The beauty of the word kazak is sometimes it's translated as to strengthen, to prevail, to be strong, to become strong, to be courageous, to be firm, to grow firm. To be resolute, ibig sabihin, you're not bothered by all these things. You know, when you're stressed, feeling mo nababaliw ka, you're losing your way, you're losing your wit, right? But when you're strengthened in the Lord, when you're holding on to Him, you feel so secure. And that's what David was feeling. He was feel, feeling so secure because he knew the God that he was worshiping. He knew the God that he was loyal to. That's why when we're distressed, we have to say, Lord, give me strength. Lord, give me strength. I find my strength in God. And look at what he did. 1 Samuel 30 verse 7. Here he says, David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, please bring me the ephod. Hindi iPod, okay? Please bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David. What is an ephod? Ito po, nakikita nyo. In your screen right now, the ephod is that one um, piece of, of garment worn here on the upper body of the priest. That's the ephod. 
Okay? And the ephod is very important. That's the only tabernacle object that David had. Remember, the tabernacle was in the kingdom of Saul. And David was roaming around. And the only element of the tabernacle, the only element that reminds him of the presence of God is that ephod from the priest. Okay? What is an ephod? Um, when, when he looked for the ephod, he was actually, in a sense, going to ask God for a direction. You have to understand that, that part of the ephod is the umim and the turim. There were two stones. You cast those stones to, to, to see whether God answers a yes or a no. Okay, so when, when David was looking for the ephod, he was actually looking for an opportunity to consult God to see the solution that God will present him. He will not take action on his own. He will recalibrate first to the king of kings because that's his boss. He may be the future king and Saul, the real king, is his enemy. But his Lord is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so he consults to God first. Instead of being overwhelmed by the distress, people wanting to kill him, people wanting to stone him, he made sure he will find peace in God's direction. You see, that's the second thing I want to highlight. When you're deciding, pray, Lord, give me strength. Sometimes when we're deciding, Lord, what do I do? Okay. You pray first, right? Lord, what do I do? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do that? And it's very important that we create that discipline. Right now, at the start of the year, we, we, we were in our praying and prayer and fasting week, right? I hope you maintain that attitude. Because throughout the year 2022, when you have to decide on something, you need to draw to God first. You need to ask Him, Lord, what do you want me to do? And look at what David did. He asked the Lord. 1 Samuel 30 verse 8. Shall I pursue this band of raiders? Hahabulin ko ba tong mga magnanakaw na to? Tong mga kidnappers na to? Tong mga masasamang taong to? Will I run after them, God? Will I overtake them? It is a question of, God, kaya ko ba? Lord, will I be able to take what belongs to us? Will I be able to save my wives? Sorry, plural pala. But will I be able to save my wives? Will I be able to save my people's children? Will I be able to be victorious? Lord, what do I do? David drew near to God for instruction. And that's very wonderful. The way David goes to God agad shows how strong he is. Bakit? Because if you have someone to run to for direction, you have someone to run to for confirmation if this is right or wrong. If you have someone to run to for strength and power and victory, you will not fear anything. You know that if God answers, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know that song. Avril Lavigne ba yun? Sorry, that's my age na. Sorry. Natatawa si Sir Vince kasi magka-age kami. Hindi, joke lang. Ayan. Diba? When you, when you know that God is with you, it gives you confidence. It makes you feel stronger. It makes you feel that you can do whatever impossible thing that you are facing right now. And that helps in your decision. 
Look at how David comes to God for wisdom in times of distresses. I give you an example. During Absalom's rebellion, one of his sons, David prayed to God. And look at his prayer in Psalm 62. He said, My soul, he was talking to himself, My soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. The confidence that David had, believing that God is his rock, salvation, and stronghold, the rock of his strength. And that's why even in times of distress, this, this was when Absalom was rebelling against him and he was going to take the kingdom from David. In, time, in that time of distress, in that time of deciding, Lord, what do I do? He held on to who God is. And God is his stronghold. God is his rock. It's the rock of his strength. God is his refuge. That's how David is like. Another, another time, David, when the Philistines captured him in Gath, okay? When the Philistines captured him in Gath, what did he do? He prayed. And this is what he said, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. You see, when you know who you're running to, it gives you confidence, it gives you strength, it gives you that an enablement, that empowerment, that you can face the enemies, that you can face the challenges. He said, what can mere man do to me. He could have shaken in fear. He could have cried, Lord, I can't do this. But he gained strength because he put his trust in God. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty of this relationship that David had with God. You also can do that if you know that God's will is always perfect, that His ways are always perfect. Look at Romans 12 verse 2. It says there, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. And what is the will of God? The will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. God's will is always good, acceptable, and perfect. So you can trust Him. You can trust Him when He says, move. You can trust Him when He says, go. Sige, habulin mo. You can trust Him when He says, quiet ka lang. You stay there. You just trust me. Don't do anything yet. Just root yourself in me. Pray and pray. You can do it because you know God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. So what did God answer David? When David was praying, when David was consulting with God, what did God say? God answered in verse 8. He said, pursue. Okay, time, time first. Time first, huh? Don't stop here. Some of you are wishing, are praying to God, asking God, Lord, will I court the girl that I have a crush on? Lord, will I court this person? And then you read some, verse Samuel 30, verse 8, and you, you see the word pursue. No, that's not a go signal for you yet. Okay? Read the context. The context is pursue. Habulin mo yung mga kalaban. For you will certainly overtake them. Okay? He will be able to overpower the enemy and you will certainly rescue everyone. That promise given to him by God gave David the strength, gave David the confidence that he can do 
this, this thing that God said because it's God who said He can do it, right? So when you, are, when you are troubled, when you are distressed, when you are disappointed, you draw near to God, ask God, Lord, give me strength. Teach me what I can do. Teach me what to do. Teach me what not to do. Lord, I am your soldier. What will I do? And you lean, no? You lean on, on God's strength. You lean on God's power. You lean on God's ability to take you through the storm, to take you through the crisis. And you know, even if you get that, ano, that uh, confidence, when you get that power, you, when you get that encouragement, sometimes life, life has a way of disappointing us. And so even when you're disappointed, you pray, Lord, give me strength. Well, how was David disappointed? Look at 1 Samuel 30, verse 9 to 10. David left and the 600 men who were with him. David plus 600 men. But look at this. But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 were too exhausted to cross the brook Besor, stayed behind. He had 600 men. Okay? And 200 of them did not want to go with him anymore because they were tired. They did not want to cross the brook Besor. They just stayed behind. That is disappointing for a leader. You feel like, hey, 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 I'm the leader. Why can't I motivate everyone? Right? That's the challenging thing. Eh? Do you see that? Sometimes uh, circumstances will make you feel that you're um, losing kakampi. Wala na kayong friends. Wala na kayong, wala na kayong backup. You don't have these uh, people with you. You were expecting them to be with you in this battle, but they cannot be found. People were saying, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you, but, but you can't feel them. You can't see their presence. You know, Spurgeon said this. When Spurgeon preached on this passage, he said this. He said, when God means to bless us, He often takes away a part of the little strength we thought we had. God will take that little strength Nakala natin yun yung nagpapalakas sa atin. And what did he say? We do not think our strength equal to the task. You're, you know, we believe that it's not enough. Lord, what I have is not enough. Tas kukunin mo pa. And, and Spurgeon was saying, Expect then, O troubled one, that you will be delivered, but know that your sorrow may deepen, that you may have all the greater joy by and by. God has His ways. You know, sometimes you, you, you ask God, Lord, why did you pull the plug? Lord, why did you let this person die? Lord, why did you let me lose this person? Lord, why did you allow me to feel so alone at this point? And you know, when you ask God, and you cling on to God, and He takes you through the problem, He takes you through your grieving, He takes you through the challenge, you're able to say, Lord, I got through it, not because I have these things, not because I have that person with me, not because I'm complete, but because I have you. And that's the secret. That's the secret to, to, to real strength, to know that God is with you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? You have that great confidence. You know, I remember the opposite of, of David's character. I remember Peter. 
Very opposite of David's confidence. You know what happened to Peter? Look at Matthew 14, 28 to 30. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Because they were in the, in the boat and there was a storm and there were waves and they saw Jesus walking on water. And Peter wanted to prove that that was Jesus. So he said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come, halika, go, step. And Peter got out of the boat. Look at the courage of Peter. He was able to get out. And then he walked on the water and came toward Jesus. He was able to walk on water. Peter was already walking on water. That supposed to be was the proof. Friends, the first step in the water that he did not sink, he should have believed, wow, Jesus is really the Son of God. I can walk on water. I am not sinking. But look at what happened. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. He got distracted by the problem. He got distracted by the challenge. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. You see, confidence, strength, power really comes to us when we have full faith on God. When we have full faith in His promises. When we have full faith, like here, if we were Peter, when Jesus said, come, I should have full faith. If Jesus called me, I can do this because Jesus called me. Right? Faith plays a big role when we face crisis. And where we place our faith upon, that is the most important thing. That's crucial. Always make sure that your faith, your confidence, and ultimately, your strength is found in Jesus. So what happened to the story of David? David had this. Now when he had brought him down, behold, they were dispersed over all the land. Nakita nila. They saw where the people are. He, he, he was led by an Egyptian that he helped. Okay? And now he saw the, the band of, of kidnappers, the band of people who took everything away. And they were eating and drinking and celebrating because they got a great plunder that they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. They were partying. They were already celebrating. And David saw that. David saw, oh Lord, look at them. They're so happy. And David slaughtered them from the twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. David single-handedly brought victory at this point in time. David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken and rescued his two wives. See, he's still there. He's still there in the goal. My two wives, I love them. But, but that's... that's, that's that's the main thing, right? He was able to save them. He loved them. Okay? And nothing of theirs was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, plunder, or anything that they had taken for themselves because David brought it all back. David was able to overcome as the Lord told him he will. And the key to this is that moment 
when in all the distress, in all the problems, people wanting to kill David, he found himself strengthened in the Lord. He held on to God's word. He held on to God's promises. He held on to the picture that God gave him, the promise that God gave him, that he will be victorious. The prayer that we should be repeating when we face crisis, Lord, give me strength. You know, Howard Hendricks in a sermon quoted Chad Walsh. Chad Walsh is the one who said this. He said, Millions of Christians live in a sentimental haze of vague piety with a soft organ music, trembling in the lovely light from stained glass window. Ibig sabihin, masarap ang buhay. Christians like that, you know. We're just in, we're just in fellowship, in church, in D-group. Uh, and we just pray, Lord, thank you. And then we just get over the next day and all is well and good. Their religion is a pleasant thing of emotional quiver. Divorced from the intellect, divorced from the will, and demanding little except lip service to few harmless platitudes. What does that mean? Some Christians really find comfort in their lives. Find their lives comfortable. Find their lives, they're well provided. We don't have a problem. We're okay. So they do not draw near to God. They do not experience how it is to live by faith. And here he said, I suspect Satan has called off his attempt to convert people to agnosticism. Why? Because Christians already are comfortable where they are. They don't, they don't face crisis. They, they, they are okay. Wala silang problema. They're all well and good. Why is it that most Christians have a mild case of Christianity? Howard Hendricks said, The reason is because we have an inadequate and imprecise view of faith. When we say we have faith in God, what does it mean? You, when you claim that you have faith in God, what does that mean for you? Does that mean when you go through trials, you can be strong because God is real? Does it mean when somebody in the family dies and you don't understand why God did that, does it mean you can still look to God and say, Lord, my faith is in you. I don't understand this. I don't get this. But Lord, I know you're still God. And I still have full faith on you. So I stand with you. I get strength from you. I believe in you. I hold on to you. You see, the problem with many of us, we tend to have sloppy, spongy view of faith. But Hebrews 11 reminds us, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when we pray, God, give me strength. Lord, give me strength. We are declaring that prayer by faith. We believe that He is able. We believe that He is good. We believe that He is kind. We believe that He is loving. And we source our strength from Him. Why? Because God has an innumerable supply of strength. Hindi siya nauubusan eh. Us, as people, we get weak. We get lost. We get tired. But God is eternal 
And so we have to source our strength from God. We believe in His promises by faith. We cling to Him. We cast shock to Him. We love Him. We hold on to Him by faith. And we just trust Him as we, as we try to resolve whatever crisis we face. This is true in my life because I recalled many times I asked the Lord for strength. When I was dealing with my parents' separation, I had to ask the Lord for strength. When I was dealing with my depression, I didn't know I had depression, but I just felt so down. I kept on asking God, Lord, please, please, Lord, strengthen me. Eventually, I gave in to the temptation of the enemy and I attempted to take my life. That was five, five years ago, I think. And I, I thought I would be successful at it, but God had grace. And so when I woke up from the hospital bed and I realized what I have done, I was so ashamed. I couldn't even face people. I don't want to face reality that I did that thing, that I, I did something wrong. And so by faith, I asked God again, Lord, Lord, are you sure you want, you want me to still live? And I kept on reading His Word and God was just telling me, I have a purpose. And so you have to live. You have to fight. Lord, it's so heavy. People are looking at me. People are judging me. I don't, don't mind them. I will use you. But Lord, how will you use me? I am flawed. I am damaged. I did something wrong. All the more, I will use you. Lord, will they believe me? They don't have to believe you. They have to believe me. Okay, Lord. Okay. I will hold on to you. Please give me strength. And every day, for the next few months, every day, I was just holding on to God for strength. And now that I'm talking to you, now that I'm preaching to you, I realize the Lord is able the Lord is able to strengthen us if we just focus on Him. He gave me enough strength to carry on. And I know some of you have heavier problems. My hope in prayer is that your first response to the crisis that you face is to pray. Pray really hard and ask the Lord for strength. Get wisdom from God. He calms your panic. He calms your Irritation. He delivers you from your worries. Basta dapat ang focus, ang tingin, our eyes are set on Him. He is the Lord who gives us strength. Some of you don't know if that's true because you haven't surrendered your lives to Him. And it all starts from that. It all starts from saying, Lord, I admit that I am a flawed individual. I don't have everything. I even sin. I even commit mistakes and I admit them to you, God. But Lord, I want to believe that you're extending a chance for me. You're extending hope. You're extending a future for me. And so I declare and I confess that I am going to make you my Lord and my Savior and you will be battling these battles with me and I will emerge victorious. I surrender everything to you, O God.
He need to, to reach that point first in order for God to truly give you His strength. And I hope you take that opportunity today. You pray that prayer. You surrender to God. You tell God, I cannot do anything about this. But Lord, you can because you're the one who gives me strength. And test me on this. If God will not strengthen you, if God will not give you that power to overcome, you go to me and say, it's fake news. Because I will stand here as long as I can and I'll tell you, with God, there's no fake news. He gives strength to the weary. When you're tired, when you're lost, when you're grieving, He gives you comfort, He gives you grace. And that will empower you to fight on in life despite all the crisis that you will be facing. Remember our prayer. Lord, give me strength. Let us close in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and we praise you for this wonderful opportunity to listen to your word today. As we start the year in Elevate and as we explore this new series of being surrendered to you, of coming and drawing near to you in prayer and seeing the power of prayer to transform our lives. Lord, we thank you and now we declare and ask Lord, give us strength. Give us strength to be victorious over our own battles. Give us strength to be victorious over our own griefs. Give us strength to be victorious in our challenges. Give us strength to be able to be victorious even in our wrecks, in our exams, in our challenges in school. And Lord, we just pray that you continually strengthen all of us as we continue to pursue you with greater, more intentional, and more dedicated approach. We will always draw near to you, O God. May you give us strength to carry on. We pray these in the wonderful name of Jesus. And all of God's people say, Amen and Amen. Let us worship God, and afterwards, there will be breakout questions that will be flashed on the screen. God bless you all. He deserves to be praised. Let us worship Him now. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to stay connected with you, so make sure to subscribe to our podcast or connect with an Elevate group through our website. See you at our next podcast.